Thank you for listening to the Fields Brothers Show. Okay, Jeff. Um, shouldn't take too much show prep over there. We have done this one before. Yeah, deja vu. Let me look over my notes. Here. Yeah, we, uh, we had technical difficulty. You know, I just want to let you know I have it on good authority that the there's low morale in the IT department at the Fields Brothers. So they don't feel like they're being given adequate equipment to do the job they've been tasked to do. I, the, uh, I think this is the second time we've redone. At least, redone yeah. The first yeah. time it was totally lost. Yeah. There was none of, so this one we had it, but the sound quality was very bad. Yeah, it was not up to the high standards of the Fields Brothers show. And you're... You're wanting to invest in some new, better equipment. Well, we- I talked to it with the guys and gals in the ID department, and we all agree that we are not given the, the equipment that's adequate to do this task. And we just feel like we should do this podcast in excellence. And so that means we need a little upgrade in equipment. So we need to either sell a few more books over the next month or so, or we just add a little bit to the kitty and... Uh, or maybe we start, there. maybe the show should be listener-supported now. I don't know. The Bills no, Brothers no, need no, a new, no, a new mixer, recorder, and so uh, um, don't, send, don't send your mate to Jeff. He'll use it on so, golf, but you send it to me, and we'll buy a new mixer. So, so. Probably, probably not going to happen by next podcast, but maybe here in two or three podcasts. People may notice a little bit okay. better quality. I will talk to the, the people same. in the IT department and tell them that help is coming, but I'm telling you, they're, they're, they're already looking around. They're looking around for other, you know. Afraid they're going to go work some. I think else. they may. They they <laughs> they are not happy. I'm just telling you. As long as they don't unionize or the something. Morale's low. Yeah. I'm just uh, so anyway. So we are back here about two nights after we just did one. Yeah. I am, um, and we had, we kind of had a special topic. I kind of like the way it worked out. We'll do. We'll see if we can go ahead. Yeah. Here. But yeah, I started last time when we did it earlier. You know, started right off the bat saying, Roger, are you a carnal Christian? And you said... I said, I probably so. Uh, I don't remember what I said the first time, actually, but that's what I'm saying now. But yes. We, probably so. Probably okay. so. All right. Well, no, I don't know. Depending on, on our definition, yeah. maybe well, not. Well, that's what we're going to talk about. But we I have a- dabbled in carnal Christian whatever um, thinking. <laughs> I would say lifestyle. Really, the lifestyles. I was say thinking, yeah. So... You know. So, well, let, let's hold up on that a little bit. Yeah. Um, I actually noticed one of the things you mentioned in the podcast that, that was bad quality, that your tree carving thingy yeah. out there. And so I noticed it since I already knew about it. When I drove in just now, I did notice it. So what, what's going on? Okay. Well, we have a, an ash tree, which is a fairly desirable tree. I mean, it's a good-looking tree. It's a hardwood. And it grows up through, the, if you can imagine, grows up through the middle of the deck. The deck is built around this tree. This is a tree is. You know, 40, 50 feet tall is a big tree. But the problem with an ash tree, at least in Kentucky, is that you can get these boar worms in the ash tree and they start eating away on it. And we, we fight that every year. You know, we treat the tree and pay a lot of money to treat it. But we lost some limbs last year. So we began to realize I mean, once it happens, it's, just, it's kind of a losing battle. And the fact that there's so many birds are up in this tree, they always mess on the deck, which is below. And so we're always having to clean the deck. And of course, this is a deck off what we call the Love Shack, which is a beverage service center on the wedding farm here. So this Mark shack, Fields. for people who haven't seen it, is out in the middle of your kind of yeah. backyard yeah. on your property. So it's not a, the deck is not up against your house. No, no. It's, no. it's kind of around half right. of this. Right. Or third it's really of, in the, the middle. The yeah, it really is kind of the centerpiece. And it's a very yeah. broad, or what's the term? I mean, it's it's quite wide deck. The de- yeah, it's a big there, deck, so, yeah. So. And so anyway, so we cut this thing down pretty much, except for we left a big, tall trunk that's probably close to 20 feet tall. Yeah, I was probably. noticing I mean, coming it's a, in. It's, it's a big trunk, yeah. 
and it branches off into two pieces at the top. So we, the idea was we want to see if somebody can carve this tree. We've seen other people have tree carving done where they, they can do amazing stuff now. You know, they can carve eagles and bears and raccoons and all kinds of stuff into these trees. And some of them are just spectacular. So we called a tree carver. He came out, uh, what, two days ago, I guess it was. And Harley, his name. Now, he looks like exactly what you would think a tree carver would look like. Yeah, and I think I talked to him because we had a little, I told you we had a trunk in our yard one time, not near that big, but out on the yeah. corner. I live yeah. on a very visible corner in yeah. Lexington, so we get a lot of traffic. I thought that would be kind of cool, people. To, yeah. But uh, I think it, he never came out. We decided to go a different route, but we decided yeah. to basically just cut it off. But I uh, didn't want to have to keep it up. But uh, I think that, I think I talked to him on the phone. Yeah. Well, Harley's a little pricey. I'll just say that. But uh, he comes out. But he can do anything. He used to work in Pigeon Forge, and he's worked on some of the the top, um, you know, like Kentucky Down Under, which is the Australian kind of resort theme park down in western Kentucky. He does all their kangaroos. He can carve anything. I mean, it, it is a, it blows my mind. Somebody can take a chainsaw. You know, do everything with a chainsaw. Well, you know, it? that's a great question. I kind of I can't believe he can do it all with a chainsaw. Let me do the broad stuff with yeah, that. Yeah, I bet he does chisels. Yeah, I, I think he would have to. And right. so, but I. I'm interested in just watching to see how he does it. Well, anyway, he's scheduled to come out next month. I wonder if they have some electric chisel drill well, type of thing. That I will be fascinated to see. I'm sure he will use whatever tool will make the job better. But he showed me pictures of other ash trees that he had carved, and they really are amazing. Ash wood looks really good. And, uh, and yours so, is bigger than most. I noticed that driving up there. I think a lot of people that have stuff yeah. carved, it's normally on a smaller trunk. Yeah, so normally, but he's done jobs that are a lot bigger than this uh, one. I mean, he's talking about he's done some massive trees. I'm guessing this is probably still bigger than normal, and where it's one is just kind of one animal or something like that. I mean, you got room for yeah. a whole. Yeah. Well, you got room for a nose arc on your yeah. tree right there. <laughs> it's going to be some flowers. It's going to be some a hummingbird, and then it's going to be some butterfly. You know, it's going to look like kind of like a wedding farm kind of a thing. You know, where it's well, look, look pretty. To, so anyway, that's what's look, up at the farm. To seeing that. So back to um, topic of the day, Carnal yeah. Christian, friend of yeah. mine who's a, I think a listener um, in Texas. Ask, uh, send me a message, and if, if he's not a regular listener, he sure has me fooled because it seems like he is. Ask if we could talk about the topic or the phrase carnal Christian and how it's used to kind of berate some believers at times. Well, first of all, I didn't know that we took requests. I mean, I didn't know somebody could just email well, we you our, and say. We our email out. So yeah, but said I was looking for more like, Roger, we think you're the greatest podcaster yeah. ever. I didn't know we were going to get people who wanted to take, take on a topic. But that's all right, you know. And, I mean, and this I'm, is not, we're not committing to always reply to every email or message on every topic. You know, okay. not we get into some, yeah. you know. But anyway, this was, I thought, right. worth talking okay. about. Yep. So, all right. So, you know, this is one of the rare times that we both did a little bit of studying or prep. I mean, we do a little bit of prep on our own. Yeah. But um, but this was almost like. I do, show, what do you want, I do show prep. Well, I do a little, but not okay, in terms well. of pulling out Bible reference books and all that stuff. Well, I'm okay, but I mean, it's a different kind of show this. prep, but okay. So if you look up carnal, and it's it's basically it's the word flesh. And so the older King James, some of them use the term carnal. Uh, a lot of the newer translations, though, use the term flesh. Right. So it comes from the... And the literally, that's... That's a more little translation would be flesh, I guess. Yes. And so the, the passage that comes to mind first is 1 Corinthians 3, and, I, and I'll read part of that here in a little bit. And then there's, But it's also mentioned in other places, Romans 7. There are some verses, too, in Hebrews that talks about it. But so in, it, is a, it is kind of a theme. I mean, it is a, a topic within yeah. the New Testament. You know. And so there is here, you know, Paul does basically tell the, the Corinthians that they are carnal. So they are believers. But what, what we... 
what I think the unfortunate thing is sometimes you create this two-tiered system between, you know, carnal and not carnal or carnal and spiritual. And it's not so much of, it's not who they are. It's just how someone is behaving at that time, kind of the outward conduct. That, that's the way we've used them. I mean, historically, at least what I'm familiar with, you know, basically we would call somebody a carnal Christian as well. They, maybe they drank. Or maybe they didn't go to church very often, or maybe they had, uh, you know, there was a moral failure. Or they or go to movie, uh, go to movies, uh, you know, an R-rated you know, movie or whatever, you know. things like that. Or, and so, well, they were a carnal Christian. That just means that they worldly. Were, I think we kind of worldly and carnal. That's a good. It's, it's yeah. kind of often that's not really the scriptural uh, context of it, but I think in our sphere, you know, I, I would. It's often associated with just being worldly right. and enjoying too much stuff of the world. And it's just you're just not committed enough. You're not trying hard enough. And so you create this kind of two-tiered system. It's another way to do a two-tiered system. You know, yeah. we're talking about believers and then there's right. disciples. Right. Well, this is another way right. to kind of separate who's who to where you can feel better that you're not Maybe there's three tiers, way. Jeff. Maybe there's carnal Christians on the bottom, just your average run-of-the-mill Christian in the middle, then you got and then your disciples on, the top. on top. Could be there's three <laughs> levels. Well, that's getting... I don't know. I, I, I'm thinking I, I kind of doubt no. that. No, I'm not being when, sarcastic. When Paul says you are complete in Christ, and if any man be in Christ, right. he is a I, new I creation, and we are the righteousness of God. So, but what? So it doesn't mean that. So it no. doesn't mean that you're less of a believer, less a Christian. You're not as close to God. You're not as right. It doesn't mean you're not as righteous. Doesn't mean you're not as forgiven. He calls the Corinthians brethren, and so there's a difference between who you are, and your identity, and your heart. And how you're walking day to day, right. outwardly. And so now, that would be the difference. And on the other side of the break, just give, give me a more clear definition, all right? So, carnal Christian. 1 Corinthians chapter 3. Let me just read a couple verses there. Paul writing to the church of Corinth. Now what is this? That? What translation are you reading? Uh, New King James right. Version. As right. a reminder, the city of Corinth had all kinds of problems. Uh, Andrew Farley has described Corinth as Las Vegas during spring break with Mardi Gras on steroids. So it's not exactly so, Mayberry. Is that what we're saying? Probably not. Probably and not. So, okay. So this is, right. you know, even by Western standards today, this right. was a lot of immorality. And Pretty so wild town. Okay. There. So he writes to right. them. But that's not what he addresses here. He does address that later on. Mm-hmm. And we may talk about that in some other podcast, but here he says, And I, brethren, so he calls them brethren, could not speak to you as spiritual people, but as to carnal, as to babes in Christ. So he kind of equates it with um, maturity or, or a lack of spiritual maturity. I yeah. fed you, verse 2, I fed you with milk and not with solid food. For until now you were able to receive it, you were not able to receive it, and even now you are still not able. For you are still carnal, for where there are envy for, for where there are envy, strife, and divisions among you, are you not carnal and behaving like mere men? Okay, well, let's that? stop so, there. I mean, okay. so what he's basically saying, would you agree with this? That he defines them as carnal believers, carnal Christians, says they're carnal, just because they're just not getting along with each other. There's well, strife and jealousy. Or and that's what it's leading. I don't know if that's what it, it's showing up that way. You know, it's not like well, okay, but I mean that's call, you know, it's not that that's what indicates right. to Paul that they're carnal Christians. That's, so they're just yeah, in this situation, they're fussing. Yeah. They're just not getting along with each other. Yeah. Okay, so we find out why then. And so they're following particular human leaders more than they should, and that's where you know I thought it was interesting. This follows First Corinthians two, obviously, where there he talks about how we you know we each have the Spirit of God and we know the mind of Christ and the Spirit lives in us and we are instructed 
uh, by the Lord. And so, you know, they hadn't come to the point or they just weren't thinking they could be instructed by the Lord. And so they were attaching themselves to other human leaders and then dividing over that and saying, I follow this one, I follow that one. And the idea of milk here, he says that, you know, I fed you with milk. Milk is basically food that somebody else has already digested, whether it's an animal or, or a mom and her little baby, a uh, nursing baby. You know, it's babies can't eat solid food right off the bat, so they have to nurse. And so there's a certain degree of that early on, which is normal in the spiritual life. But pretty soon, you know, you can be taught by the Lord. Yeah. And so they were at a point where they should have been able to be taught by the Lord, but they were still... Depending on, and when that happens, they get attached to a human leader. Well, then somebody else gets attached to a different human leader. And right. that's why we got a zillion denominations in the world, I guess. Well, you know, and I, I mean, it's pretty definitive here, I think. I mean, verse 5 is, What then is Apollos? What is Paul? He goes, They're servants whom you believed. And he goes on to say, They're not anything. Only the one who matters is God who gives the growth. It's not the individual teacher, not even Paul, who wrote a third of the New Testament. Mm-hmm. Um, not Apollos, who they say was a very good orator. Um, so he's saying to them that these human leaders are not a big deal. He says, What are they? They're just servants that God has worked through. But we elevate human teachers to such a level. That when they do fall or crash or when something goes wrong with them, it, they take down a lot of people with them. Mm-hmm. People get discouraged. Yeah. They get disillusioned. They decide they – I don't know if they walk away from God, but they walk away from their particular uh, congregations. And so so the one thing I get out of this pretty immediately is that the problem is when you put invest too much of your confidence in a particular teacher – there's a problem, even if the teacher doesn't have a flame out. Mm-hmm. And so, but I love the fact when Paul sums this up in verse 9, he says four, and he says makes three statements, which I think are fascinating. This is 1 Corinthians 3, verse 9. Now, this is out of the English Standard Version. He says four. Now, after he talks about Paul is nothing, Paul is nothing, it's God who gives you increase. Four, we are God's fellow workers. Number one. Number two, we are God's field. And number three, God's building. Now, he says we're God's fellow workers. That tells me that we work with God, not for God. Mm-hmm. We're not serving God, doing stuff for God. You've got to be busy doing stuff for God. Anything that we do has got to be done with God where he energizes it, works through us and with us. Not just us trying to do stuff for God. And secondly, we are God's field. In other words, we're the, God produces in us. He produces the fruit. It's not a matter of us, right? It's not a matter of us trying to figure out how to try harder and do more stuff and be better. But we allow God to work in us and grow stuff in us. That's why it's called the fruit, the fruit of the Spirit. And thirdly, we are God's building. We're His temple. We're His house. You don't go to the Lord's house. You are the Lord's house. Mm-hmm. He lives in you. His present with you. And so anyway, I think if you have those three things, kind of you understand those three things, I think that is a little bit of a uh, a solution or an antidote to this carnal Christian thing where you've got to go and run off and follow a particular leader because you realize that what God's doing in you and with you is far more amazing than just following a human teacher. So essentially trusting in God rather than any of the humans. Yeah, and trusting in, in, in these three things specifically, that he works with you, he works in you to produce, and that he's always present with you. You're his building. When you talked about they're working for him, it reminded me, and you've talked before, but I just came across today on Facebook. So this will be a Hex of the Week. It's been a while since we've had a Hex of the Week. Yeah, I right. came across this on Facebook. It says, 
you know, this is, it's out there is a, you know, it's got a nice pretty scenery behind it. Like this is a great statement. It says, God is my boss and I'm God's employee. <laughs> Specifically, oh my goodness. Is, God is my boss and I'm God's employee. I'm thankful for my everyday salary called life with benefits called blessings and rewards called miracles. Amen. So in that framework, let's get a little off topic from here. See if we can. I just don't see who said that. I'm not going to say it over well, the podcast. But it was someone that said, I don't think you, I don't know who, somebody shared it. I don't know who initially made yeah. the, made the quote, but you know, the idea that, you know, our salary is life. Wow. So, God, so because, see, that, it, all right, go ahead. Yeah, we're getting off the kernel thing. We'll yeah, that's that okay. Here, but, we're all on a bunny trail, but that's but, okay. But it, but it does relate to what you mentioned yeah. in terms of being, you know, we're God's field, we're God's house. Um, well, that, that's uh, exact mistake workers. the older son and the younger son made yeah. in the prodigal son stories. They, they believe that, that their father was their employer and not their dad. And he had to explain to them that he was their father, that everything he has is theirs. But they just saw everything as farm work. Well, he did more farm work for you. He didn't, he didn't serve you. Younger son's got to come home and just serve the, the dad. And so um, anyway, yeah. But anyway, one last so, thing on this. You know, it's, yeah. it's, today, it's, to me, it's a lot like – and you can appreciate what any teacher – we have our favorite teachers. There's nothing I think like. Yeah. I mean we, we've made no bones about the fact – we we uh, we like Paul Ellis. We like Andrew Farley. There are people that we listen to that we learn from. Not a problem. But we're not, you know, we're not hooked up to them in yeah, the I, sense I really, that if they said something that we couldn't see in the Bible, we wouldn't feel obligated to believe that or agree with that. I yeah, there think. has been a time or two where yeah. either one of them say, you know, I'm not real sure about that. And yeah. if all of a sudden, for whatever reason. I could no longer read their stuff or hear yeah. them. I'd be okay. Yeah, I, wouldn't, know, wouldn't not, shatter my faith. Right. right. And that's not always true. I mean, at times in my life and my past, yeah. you know, there were people that yeah. I was really, really, really heavily following yeah. that yeah. you kind of attached to. But like today, to. let me get a parallel. Like today we have, you know, I'm of Calvin. I'm always hearing reads up on Facebook how great Calvin was and people who are really tightly linked into Calvin, some with Bonhoeffer, uh, John Wesley, Kenneth Hagin. You know, a lot of people, if Hagin didn't say it or believe it, boy, we're not going to believe it, you know. Mm-hmm. And, and that's just, that is exa- the exact definition in First Corinthians three, of a carnal Christian. You know, it's a little bit reminding me of the Old Testament Israel when they said we want a king. You know, they couldn't. Yeah. yeah. They couldn't acknowledge God as their king, and there's, there's something about the flesh, which yeah. is what we're talking about here, yeah. that always wants a go-between, that wants somebody else to hear from God. Yeah. And then you tell me what they said, yeah. and it, part of it's, you know, I think part of it may be because we're still a little, we're not, we're feeling condemned, and we don't feel perfectly comfortable around God. Well, yeah. that's not the what what he wants and we don't know we're totally yeah. forgiven or we just don't think we can here yeah. we don't, we're not smart enough we don't agree or whatever so. well that's true too you know and here's the thing too jeff we have been in ministry circles long enough to know that no matter how great a particular teacher or preacher looks we know beside behind the scenes yeah. there's always they're human yeah. they're people they are probably grumpy at times there's yeah. probably all kinds of stuff that yeah. would not play well if they if they exhibited that behind the pulpit on a sunday and so I'm just not um, – I'm not gullible anymore maybe. Yeah. You know, I know they're just – And the ones I appreciate the most um, are the ones that, that when you're around them, they're genuine. You know, yeah. they're, they're the same one and that they don't try to yeah. come across on the platform different than what they really are. And yeah. so uh, we do appreciate that. But we've got a little bit more to say about this, uh, a couple of other verses, but um, catch that here in a second. Let's talk about Mother's Day. We, we talked yep. about that in the podcast that uh, ended up uh, not working out so well. So I want to – we just had Mother's Day last Sunday. Yep. 
And that worked out real well. We had a yeah. good time uh, with our wives and, yep. our, and our mom. Teresa and Lori went. Your wife, Teresa, and my wife, Lori. Went to Broadway Christian Church here in Lexington. Uh, Mark Dunn, a friend of mine that I grew up with. Yep, uh, had a great time. Pastor there and had a good message, the focus on Christ and, and grace. And We were impressed. And then we uh, went out to eat, to of all places. Well, you know, yeah, I mean, the <laughs> you want to number one most we godly restaurant known to man. That's, That's second, maybe. I know what you're going to say. Well, <laughs> in Jesmond County, this is number okay, one. Yeah, I guess it's the only one. In Cracker Barrel. County, so, yeah. yeah. Went so. to Cracker Barrel. There's a little bit of a crowd there. So probably, you know, oh, shocking. a little bit of a crowd. There'll be a little crowd at Cracker Barrel on Mother's Day. And presented Mom with a gift, a very yep. touching gift that, you know, other people give their moms like what, flowers, flowers or uh, like a picture. Nice. Picture them saying, you know, family pictures, you know, perfume. You yeah. know, bath and body kind of stuff, you know. And she already Not had, the Fields Brothers. She already no, had sorry. new book, so we couldn't give her that. Yeah. So oh, yeah, well, tell them, you know, and you had it, before you tell them exactly what we bought her, Andrew Farley, you recorded. Oh, yeah. Yeah. When we were in Baton Rouge, yeah, I had the idea of, hey, it wouldn't be cool if Andrew would re- if we could get him on video wishing Mom a happy Mother's Day. And so he graciously agreed to do yeah, that. Yeah, he was so great. he distracted Mom at one point when they were in a gymnasium. She was on one end, he was on the other end. And so you distracted Mom. So we got about a, I don't know what it is, 60-second video of yeah. Andrew, perfectly articulate as yeah. usual. Yeah, boy, he was <laughs> great. waste just a single syllable. I mean, just off the cuff. Mom a... Uh, a happy Mother's Day. So she woke up that morning, checked Facebook, and saw a greeting from us. But, too, we told her we found this guy. We stumbled across this guy in Baton Rouge. He claims to be a pastor in Lubbock, Texas, and decided to, was willing to help us wish you a happy Mother's Day. So yep. she, she got that. So yeah, I got, did a great had that, job I've had that. that video on my phone for the last month and just waiting for, for that day to roll around. But then we presented her with a gift. Yes. Very touching. I mean, oh. it just kind of puts a lump in your throat. It's nothing like a personal gift like this. Right. That customized, just, customized. Go ahead, tell them what it was. We yes, got her this a, your a, idea. A, a, go a, we got mom a license plate holder, a customized yes. license plate frame. It's a little chrome frame yes. that goes around your license and plate. On, and on the top of it, it, oh, said breaking, it says Breaking the Hex, which name is the name book. of our book, which is available on Amazon. And uh, subtitle, Life with God After the Cross Killed Religion, did not have room for the subtitle on the license plate frame. But so at the top it says Breaking the Hex, and at the bottom of it it has our our website, www.thefieldsbrothers.com. So as mom's riding around, we're expecting our book sales to just skyrocket now as mom drives around town and people see this and wonder what that is. Wouldn't you love to know? We'll probably never know unless someone reaches out to us. But, you know, there's bound to be people that will... Be parked behind her. At I don't know, Jeff. I don't know. If I, I don't know for sure. Think, what is? I'm that not all so about? sure. This is so. a great marketing tool. I, I'm, I'm not. So I'm it's not, not like great. it cost a whole lot. And there yeah. was a picture. You know, it's like when you buy a picture frame. They, there's a picture in the picture frame. Yeah. Well, this had a picture of a car, and we post on Facebook. And I felt compelled to put a comment on Facebook just to clarify. We did not buy mom a car. It was like a white sports car in the picture. So no, we did not buy, buy mom a car. If she wants the car, she's going to have to go out and buy yeah. that herself. Yeah. And as she put it on, you know, I don't know if I mentioned to you, when I was leaving Crackerbury, I said, well, um, so I'll get over sometime and, and can put it on. She says, well, I can put this on myself, can I? I said, well, yeah, I guess you can. And I mean, a few hours later, she texts us a picture, and she had put on. Put well, I didn't realize this. I called her, and I said, so did uh, Jeff have you put that on? I said, no, I put that on myself. <laughs> it only took me five minutes or so. <laughs> 
I was well, pretty independent. So. so I bought two. I bought one for myself. Mine's still sitting on my dresser. I haven't put. You mine might have to have mom so help you put your size. You can come over. It's kind of nice. If, if, if I have any problems, she can. Uh, <laughs> yes. She'll be able to help me. Okay, back so, to the anyway. idea of um, carnal Christians. So All we right. talked a little bit about this. That it, it had to do with they were leaning too much on human teachers. But the the reason for that, I think we need to step back from there. That is, you know, basically, you know, there's a difference. When we are in Christ, before we're a believer, before we put our faith in Christ, we are in Adam, we are in the flesh, and we have no choice other than to walk according to the flesh. Then we put our faith in Christ, we're joined with him supernaturally, we're placed in him, he's placed in us, we are united with him. At that point, we're no longer in the flesh, we are in Christ. We're no longer in Adam, we are in Christ, but now that we have a new identity, we can still, the old patterns can still affect us day to day and we can still make decisions and depend on our our human effort rather than the presence of christ within us. now is that how you would define flesh is that define flesh well I don't, I don't have a real concise i guess it would be you know, the the old patterns of trusting in our natural ability those patterns it's a little bit in this case it's a little bit you know you, you're ringing a bell if you stop ringing the bell it still continues to ring for a while well when we come new in Christ, we have a new source, we have a new life, but we're used to doing things a certain way. And so you just you kind of continue those patterns uh, depending on our own effort, our own – you're looking – Let's get back here. to the bell thing again. <laughs> the, the, I'm so bothered the bell. You ring the bell, the bell keeps ringing. How, tell me how okay, that works. Picture, picture a bell where you've got a cord hanging down. Okay. And you're, you're, you're making the bell ring. You're pulling the bell. All right. And when you stop – pulling what happens it still rings for a while okay right? All right. so it's no longer has the energy behind it but it still continues for a while because they're previous so <laughs> I, I admit it it's this not is the really deep analogy. i mean it may and it may work i don't know i forget, I I forget what chapter heard verse the this bell is yeah rather than the fields version i have never heard this analogy before but I, so know. we have a new um when we are in christ we have a new life within us christ is our life but the old patterns, so the bell's not being, the, the chain's not being pulled anymore. That Okay, it, it does break down pretty quick, I admit. But well, the, no, the I mean, patterns, I'm, I'm kind of with you. Yeah, I can see the correlation. I'm not, I just. And so it's, well, how do you, you, you mentioned last time when we, you had some definition of the flesh. Well, here, here's where I derive my definition of the flesh. I mean, several scriptures, but here's what I think is definitive in Philippians 3. Paul talks about, he says, first of all, he says, as believers in chapter 3, verse 3, we have no confidence in the flesh. Okay. Well, obviously, we, we've always equated flesh with sin. Well, if he's in the flesh, that means he's sinning a lot. Sin is flesh. Bad, flesh is, it's bad, bad stuff. Is You're doing bad stuff. Well, obviously, Paul's not saying I have confidence in my bad stuff. Right, yeah. So he so he goes on to define flesh. He says, "For if I have myself have reason for confidence in the flesh, also he goes, I've, I would have reasons for confidence in it." And he says, "Here's the reason why." He goes, "I was circumcised on the eighth day, the, the exact day you should be circumcised as a, as a Jew." Is I have I'm from the tribe of, uh, from Israel, the tribe of Benjamin, I'm a Hebrew of Hebrews. As to the law, I was a Pharisee. In other words, I knew the law. So he the he flesh, tells us, is his accomplishments, his pedigree. And the just, flesh can be really religious. Yeah, very, very religious. Now, he, all of his examples here are religious. He was I persecuted the church. Is as to his righteousness under the law, I was blameless. Nobody could even point to something that I was doing wrong under the law, and so. When you, so when you read the word flesh in the Bible, really helps if you see it in terms of, okay, human effort, human achievement. Yeah. 
Um, it may be achievement may even be better than effort. You know, everything you've, you know, it's, it's like when you're all about your own achievement, what you're doing to please God, to, to have God like you, to be in God's good terms, to be able to, whether it's go to heaven or just have a, a functional relationship with God, even that, uh, when you, when you put the burden of that on your own behavior, uh, then that's really walking by the flesh, you may not be doing any big outward sin, but you're still in the flesh. And so what happens sometimes, someone before they're a believer, they're used to getting by in this world by their own accomplishments, yeah. by their own yeah. achievements, by their own strength, their own abilities, smarts, and whatever. And so then they become a Christian, and there's a tendency to experience something of God initially in Christ, but then kind of fall back into the same method. And now I'm just going to go all out for God. Right. Now I'm going to use, now, boy, God's really lucky. He's got me on his side. Right. Or, you know, it's oh, yeah. the phrase, boy, wouldn't it be great if, if uh, someone so got saved? Got yeah, saved. Always... We, we could really use them. Or yeah. God could really use them. Well, you know who they used to say that about all the time years ago was a boy, if God could just say Bill Gates, you know, I mean, he's all his money. And, oh, yeah, I've, I heard that. From <laughs> was, you know, that was back when Microsoft was just, you know, just beginning to flourish, you know. As if that stuff if, is what the kingdom yeah, of God yeah, really needs. Yeah, we just need those, people those like smarts, that. smarts, you know? that money, so that would yeah, be. Yeah, we need, we need those resources. I'm looking yeah. at this verse in um, the end of Galatians. Um, I actually forgot about it. It says, for, um, for not even those who are circumcised keep the law, but they desire to have you circumcised that they may glory in your flesh. Okay, read, read it louder again. For, I missed some of that. For not even those. I've got a little farther away. Let me get All right. a bit well, where Are you lost, here. Jeff, in there? No, you, just gotta, should I just give you a minute bit. to get your bearings and find the <laughs> verse you actually wanted to read so, to us? For not even those who are circumcised keep the law, but they desire to have you circumcised that they may glory in your flesh. And so, and then he goes on to talk about that I, God forbid that I should glory except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom right. the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. Right. So the idea that flesh is also, we want to have confidence in our own abilities, but then it, it's contagious. Yeah. You know, we we oh, yeah. try to get other people to, to go along the same way with that. Yeah. And when that happens, even though it can be sincere at times, it ends up, it does not produce fruit of the Spirit, and we end up divisive. And you you could accomplish some things outwardly. You, know, you, may, you may even be able to, if you're a sharp speaker and a good communicator and have good relationship skills, you may be able to, to build a church on that. It reminded me, I heard you talk about that um, Francis Chan yeah. made the comment. What was it he said yeah. about building a church? That yeah, well, let's, let's, let me, I'll tell you that on the other side of the break. Okay. Yeah, Francis Chan said, I think he said this at the Orange Conference. He said, you know, I don't need Jesus to build a church. He goes, I have the leadership skills. I can, I can, you know, I know how to motivate people. I know how to organize this. Um, you know, he says, but I want to do something that, that God's doing. His point was that you can do this stuff on your own, but that doesn't mean God's in it or God's behind it. And that was a great point. Let me ask you this. this I actually got in a conversation just this morning um, talking about the flesh and all this. So it's in Romans 7 and 8. So Paul, the Romans 7, where he says, you know, the things I, I want to do, I don't do, and the things I don't want to do, I do. And in that section, um, he actually says that I am carnal, I am sold under sin. He mm-hmm. says, for we know that the law is spiritual, but I am carnal, sold under sin. Then he has that dilemma in Romans 7, then the victory in Romans 8. And that's where he encourages people to, you know, walk after the Spirit. So the idea of, you know, live trusting, just relax, trust the Holy Spirit within you rather than depending on your own effort. But the question is this, that, that, that description that Paul gives in Romans 7, there's some debate on whether or not that's, yeah. that was his current experience or, yeah. is that, or was he referring back to when he was immature in Christ before he had 
course, his unique situation that he kind of got the personal tutoring uh, uh, by the, with the Lord, or was he talking about when he was a Pharisee and trying to live under the law and the things I want to do? So I don't know if you have any thoughts on you know, I, you know, I, where I, that fits in. And- my short answer is I don't know. Um, I think he's either talking about his experience as a Pharisee before he was saved or the fact that he does still lapse into that at times. At times he does still fall back on his own ability, which I think every believer does that too. Yeah, I don't think that he's – I don't think at this point in his life, I don't think he was just struggling every day, that every no. night he was going to bed kind of – No, I don't think so. – in angst and all that because he does talk about the victory right. in Romans 8. And right. so I, you know, I don't think we should see this as just a – you know, confirmation of, yeah, I just don't have victory because, you know, there's too much other stuff in Scripture in the New Covenant and yeah, the New Testament talks about the victory. So what are you looking at there? Uh, I was just reading it over, Romans 7. And uh, so I don't know. You know, I mean, I might I might look into that some more, but I'm not sure. I and mean, I've looked at it before, and I'm not sure even then what, what, what state Paul was talking about. But um, I, can, I can see. I think it makes the same point either way. And that his own ability it was not going to bring vic- was not going to bring so, victory. So if someone says, "Okay, Roger and Jeff, I want to walk in the spirit. I want don't want to walk after the flesh. I understand I'm new in Christ. I understand I have a new heart. What does it mean to walk in the spirit then and not walk after the flesh?" Okay, my simple so. definition is you're walking after believing in what God has done in you, what He continues to do through you. It's a reliance on God. And it's not this introspective thing every day of how am I doing? How am I doing enough for God? Am I trying hard enough? Am I sinning too much? Am I not? You know, it's just all about whether you're self-focused mm-hmm. or whether you're just you have the peace of just relying on what God has done in you and who He is. I think the self-focused is a key yeah. phrase there. Yeah. You know that part in Paul where he says the things <clears throat> I want to do I don't do, the things I don't want to do I do. Well, it, the word I just yeah. comes up over right. and over there, right. and so it shows that. And, and I read something, and I put it on Facebook, that um, yeah, that we need to have our batteries charged. And I think that's kind of an indication. If you feel like you need to have your batteries charged, it's the flesh that runs weak. But right. But we realize Christ <laughs> exactly is my, right. He's, he's my battery. Does he need recharging? No. no. Hebrews talks about not after a right. carnal, but the power of an endless life. Right. And so I mean, that's what eternal life is. You know, it's, it's yeah. he is the power. So now there is a time where we may get physically tired and mentally tired and have to rest our bodies and our brains. And well, that's, that, kind of, that's kind of like one of the chapters that I think was really your chapter in the book about a Moses and the dead cat bounce, right? Yeah. I mean that we do things a lot of times. We'll go to a conference. We'll go to something to kind of – we say, well, to get our you know, charged up and it works yeah, for a little charged. while. And if, it's, if all you're getting is well, how much you – know, how you can do better, how you can try harder, how you can do more for God, what you can do now to be more successful, whatever – then that's a that's a little bounce that might work for a while, but not for very long. I guess it comes from the stock market, the, the dead cap. Red stock, phrase, or either yeah. the stock market, or whole or a sector, yeah. an individual company. You know, like Enron when it went bankrupt years ago, there were times it was a downward trend for a long time, but there were short times where it would rally back up. Yeah. And everyone thinks, oh, okay, the worst is over, but it turned yeah. out to be and the, the phrase on Wall Street is a dead cap bounce. Yeah. And uh, the, the downward trend continues, and so that is a lot that goes on in Christian circles of just trying to recharge. But that idea, of what you said, focusing on ourselves rather than on Christ. That is so central to so much of this. Yeah. I mean, a good sermon, you know, the sermon we heard Sunday morning, yeah. that, you know, points us to who Christ is, who God is, what what they have done, what Christ has accomplished, yeah. as opposed to, okay, focusing, you know, you walk away from a sermon, you kind of come away, okay, did they cause me to focus on myself and what I'm right. doing, or they cause, now, you know, that doesn't, well, someone may say, well, okay, then you just let people get away, and they're just going to be lazy. Well, no, they're not going to, you know, hopefully they're 
lazy according to the flesh that they're not going to try in their own uh, yeah. ingenuity. But when they when they see Christ, he does produce the fruit in them. Yeah, I think actually it is kind of counterintuitive. Yes. You would think that if you thought about yourself, worked on yourself, tried harder, that you would do better. And you can for a short period of time. For a period of time, you mm-hmm. can do that and do better. But over the long haul, when you take your eyes off of yourself, put your eyes on Jesus, what he has done for you, who he is in you, that will bring more uh, victory and just it'll just it'll raise your quality of life without you having to focus on your quality of life every day. And as part of where fellowship comes into play then and meeting together to encourage one another, basically the role is just to where we point each other to Christ yeah, yeah. and just remind each other. And so this idea of walking after the flesh or carnal... Uh, walk at times. You say you still may fall into that at some time. You're not. You're not like me. And like I remember specifically in August eighth of nineteen eighty nine, I went from being a carnal Christian to a spirit. No, I'm just kidding. You know that was not a finite light where you jump from one to the other <laughs> and never go back. Right. But there is a there is a spirit. So it, with grace, there is spiritual progression. I think it's important to to make that aware. Well, we grow that, in grace. We, we just do. grow in our understanding of what God has done for us and in us. And that's really what. I remember it hit me one time, and it's kind of the Philippians 3 thing, that I, right after Paul says that, what you read, I want to know Christ. When you realize, I'm already complete in Christ. There's no way I can get any closer to God than I already am. There's no way I can get any more righteous. There's kind of a, you just exhale and realize the only thing left to do is just to know more of who he is and yeah. what he's done. And that's what the, the Bible says the Holy Spirit does. He reveals us what's already available to us in Christ. Being able to listen then to the Holy Spirit as a teacher. We still yeah. appreciate how yeah. others direct us yeah. and clarify that, but really the teacher. So I, I would want people listening to this yeah. to be encouraged to to depend on the Holy Spirit to be your teacher yeah. Yeah. and to reveal Christ I to agree. you. Hey, can I tell you where I'm going before we end this uh, podcast, where I'm going this weekend? Yeah, I did want to. We talked about that yeah. in the other podcast that we did. That yeah, we, uh, going to Albany, Georgia, um, doing an event, a fan blitz event for Sherwood Baptist Church. This is the church that has produced the movies Courageous, uh, Facing the Giants, uh, Fireproof, and another one. I think one I saw movies, Fireproof. So, yeah. Is that the one where there's a truck on a railroad or trains coming through and getting or something like that? That sounds a little familiar. I remember a, a fireman being in yeah. one. Yeah, so. well. I don't remember movies very well. Uh, that's why it's great for me. I can go back and see a movie a second time, and it's like seeing it the first time. All yeah, Lori's like that remember. a lot. She can see the movie several times. I, actually, I'm somewhat like that, I guess. But anyway, I'm just kind of excited to go back, go there, and just see. You know, I don't know. Just you know, often get to go to church. That so you've not been there before. I've not been there before, and I okay. think Donnie has done okay. events there. Who does events for us has been there before. He knew a lot about the church and was telling me some about it. But apparently, they take the proceeds from the movies and invest them back in their community and do some pretty yeah. cool things in their communities. I was so. making a little report from you yeah. on that. Yeah, so we we'll hear about that. We are uh, the only event in our weekend we're looking forward to. Well, this is a little bit weather permitting. I'm a little bit concerned about the weather. We're supposed to have family pictures. You can do outside it outside. Oh. Night. Yes. Oh, wow. And we've got a spot place. It's, it's the uh, little tourist spot here in Lexington known as Ashland, the home of Henry Clay, where Teresa gives the, the tours. Now, how many people will, total will be in we your have a family total of picture? 18. 18. That's just our immediate family. Teresa and I, our six children, three of them are married. So we've got Teresa and I. Uh, married in 1983, had children from 1986 to 1998, 
Now, are you done and now? Three are you, of them, are you through? Yes. Three okay. of them, <laughs> since you asked. Three you of them see, are married. You pretty definitive about that. I just um, oh, yeah. I can explain that to you later. Okay. Yeah, there's, there's a medical reason why I can confirm to you that we're done there. But All right. It would be, there. well, never mind. But anyway, uh, so two of us, uh, six children, that's eight. Three of them are married. That's 11. And seven grandkids, that's 18. And so 18 people, seven of which will be age five and under. So, so how hard can it be really to get, get seven kids <laughs> under what age? Under five, five and under, five and under, under to you know look at the camera, <laughs> smile, and be happy about this whole process. So being outside, kind of just standing there for a long period of time. I mean, I'm sure they're going to be thrilled with this well, scenario. One thing I'm, I'm hoping to recreate. Is I saw somebody else's picture. Actually, John Lynch had a family picture, and I love. They did these little. Uh, Popper things you get at Walmart, I guess, and yeah. the confetti inside them. Yeah. And it was a great, but I, don't, I doubt if they'll let this do it at, at this site because I don't yeah, think I don't they think want confetti on the confetti, ground. Yeah. But the idea, they took it, they, they popped one of these right in front of them, evidently, yeah. and then snapped the picture. And so you get some kids in that. They didn't have quite as big a crowd as we're going to have. But it's really neat to see. That is a great catch, idea. Catch the immediate, I don't know if they do stuff like this in weddings or not, but catch the immediate reaction yeah. after something like that. That's they're a great idea. There. I have so never heard I'm of that. I'm hoping we can reproduce that. Somehow, one way or another. Well, we'll be we'll hear the report uh, next podcast of your family picture and my trip, trip to, to Georgia. Roger, I was reminded of the difference between a women's Bible study and a men's Bible study. I go to a little men's group. You go to a men's Bible study. Teresa goes to a women's Bible study every Monday night. She came back the other night. She got new glasses, new frames, new glasses, and everything. One of the ladies in the Bible study during the study noticed, Tracy, you've got new glasses. I said, well, yeah. Of course, all the other women, oh, they look great. They look so cute and all this. And I'm thinking, that would never happen never in a happen. Bible study. Now, if you pulled up in a new truck or something, you know, that may get attention. But, you know. I don't even know if my guys would run. They're just so, I don't know. I'm not so sure. No, but a man could walk in with his head bandaged. And yeah, I don't think they would notice. No one would notice and no yeah. one would say anything. So a little different. Come in your arm in a sling or whatever. Oh, but at the end, maybe somebody might notice. Hey, Roger, you, you're, you're kind of beat up there. I mean, so anyway, and so um, I just want to, I don't know, complain for a second that my mower is broke again. My mowers, and I'll tell I may explain that in the next podcast, but I got a real decision to make about my mower. This is an expensive mower, too, by the way. It's 13 years old. It's a big Toro Z turn, and I put so much money in this mower. So, anyway, but I do like the mower. When it works, it's a great mower, but I got some real decisions to make. I don't know. I may talk about it next podcast.